What's painful? <laughs> your your chair or losing Ava? Takara. <laughs> Takara. Whoa, it's getting ugly. It's not even coming for me. I know. <laughs> She's not even my competitor. You're right. No, it was just right there. It was just right there. I'm sorry. Uh, I am neutral. I'm I'm, I'm neutral. Yeah. Okay. I'm Switzerland. <laughs> Hey, they did that, listeners. It's Black History Month, and for our final episode of the month, we've got a blitz of Black inventors, entrepreneurs, and artists that deserve to have their praises sung. And we're doing it with one of my favorite activities, trivia. And for all you listening, don't be afraid to play along, too. Today, we're going to quiz our lovely contestants on their knowledge of Black pop culture and, of course, Black history. I'll also be introducing you to some Black history legends you might not have heard of. And if you have, you get some extra points. Let's say hi to our contestants, Ava. She's also producer on this show, so she might have a little bit of an advantage, but that doesn't guarantee a win at all. And our friend Rob, who produces the new podcast, It's Giving Fashion. How are you doing, Ava? I'm good. How are you doing, Cigar? I'm good. How confident do you feel? I'm not very confident at all. I'm the <laughs> okay. least competitive person <laughs> on the planet. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. So you definitely want to turn on that competitive streak in you because the prize is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah? Um. I am a little upset that I cannot win this prize. It's a little unfair, but that's okay. Um, maybe one of you kind people will split it with me. And for our next contestant, we have Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi. How are you feeling? How competitive do you feel? I'm very competitive, and I think I'm going to win. Okay, do you hear that, Ava? The trash talking has already started. <laughs> I'm not sure what this is doing to me. I don't know if it's making me feel more competitive or like resigned. No, we'll you're, you're feeling more competitive. You're feeling now the urge to win at all costs. All right. Okay, let's go. Right. Okay. Let's go. There we go. That's the spirit. That's what I want to hear. So as I mentioned, I have a special prize for the winner, but I'm not going to tell you what that is until the end of the game. Just want you to start thinking of what it could be. I'm imagining a trip. So I think maybe... you should keep keep a trip in mind. Oh, wow. Okay. It's something that I want to win for myself. We're going to start with something easy to warm both of you up. Again, this is all about Black History Month pop culture trivia, and India is going to keep score for us. First question. In a recent They Did That episode, we highlighted pioneering rock musician Sister Rosetta Tharp. She paved the way for artists we love today. Can you guess what Black artist wrote these lyrics? My baby, don't mess around because she loves me so. And this, I know for show. But does she really wanna? Wow, you guys. Okay. But can't stand to see me walk out that door. Don't try to fight the feeling, really, guys? Because the <laughs> thought alone know. is killing me right now. Thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together. Because we don't... Prince? Because we don't know how. <laughs> that was a no, Hey, Rob. yeah. That was a hard no. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, um, outcast. Yes. Nice. 
Sorry, uh, the confidence that I had suddenly just zapped out of my body. Um, we're we're here. We're here. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Yeah. No, no, no. It was the first question. You guys are still warming up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised mm-hmm. I had to get to the last lyric, but that's okay. That's okay. Still got it. So yes, it is Hey Ya by Outcast. Outcast is widely considered one of the best rap groups of all time. Um, that's a fact. Okay. See, one person here agrees. Heya was partially inspired by Aretha Franklin's I Say a Little Prayer for You. The way the loop plays back on Aretha's song was what they were trying to mimic with the Hey Ya lyric, which was the last line I said. Okay, now that you're all warmed up. Oh, no, you're ahead. sitting forward. Go ahead. <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> you're not going to let that win from Rob at all derail your self-esteem. Okay. That's right. Let's go. In an earlier episode, we spotlight Major Taylor, a black professional cyclist who's considered to be one of the greatest cyclists of all time. Now, LeBron James is another sports goat. I mean, he recently broke the NBA's all-time scoring record. All right, here's your next question. Which of the following professional basketball teams, plural, has LeBron James played on? I'm already like, this is going to be so embarrassing. Okay, go ahead. Um, Miami Heat, New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls. The Heat. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rob again. Yeah, I'm like giving it over to Rob. <laughs> Zero for Rob. Silver platter. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Okay, so you guys better bring the heat because things are warming up. I think you're ready for the hard stuff. Alva, do you feel like you're ready for the I'm, hard stuff? I'm ready. Maybe the hard stuff will be better for me. <laughs> okay, know. okay. From something else and Sony Music Entertainment, this is They Did That, a different kind of history show. I'm Takara Small. After the break, how well do you know these black icons? Because we're bringing you Black History Month trivia and we're not playing any games. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, on to the hard questions. So our first category is celebrity chefs. In an earlier episode of They Did That, we highlighted one of the American culinary founding fathers, James Hemings. He was the enslaved chef of Thomas Jefferson and his half-brother-in-law. Yep, I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. He's also known for innovating mac and cheese and bringing French fries, French vanilla ice cream, yum, and creme brulee back from France in the late 1800s. I mean, where would we be without him? So let's put your food pop culture knowledge to the test. Can you name the Black Food Network star from the following list? Steven Soderfield, Jessica B. Harris, or Marcus Samuelson? Marcus Abba? Samuelson? Sorry, what did you say? Marcus Samuelson? Okay, Abba! You got one! I feel like a child. (laughs) No, that's great. That's good. So it's Marcus Samuelson. He's the owner of Red Rooster in Harlem. But if you guess Steven and Jessica, don't beat yourself up. They're on Netflix's food docu-series, High on the Hog, which I've actually watched. It's really good. Okay, 
So we're talking celebrity chefs because you might not have heard of the OG American celebrity chef, Hercules Posey. Hercules was the enslaved chef of George Washington. He worked at the president's house in Philadelphia in the 1770s and became known for his extraordinary skills in the kitchen. Sadly, although not surprisingly, none of his recipes survived. But there are accounts of the kinds of feasts he prepared. Imagine a long table filled with dishes like roasted beef, veal, and duck, pudding, oranges, and nuts. And behind it all was Hercules, dripping in culinary style. And around that time, Philly was the biggest port in the U.S., and it's where new spices from the Caribbean were coming in every day. Think ginger, allspice, and coconuts. You guys get the picture. They were all new flavors being worked into American cuisine, and Hercules began using all of these Caribbean and West African flavors in his cooking. Wow, that's a big palette. And the fact that Hercules was working out of Philly is super important, because in 1780, Pennsylvania introduced the Gradual Abolition Law. It was the first major attempt to phase out enslavement. The law said that if you were enslaved and in the state of Pennsylvania for more than six months, you would be emancipated. Hercules, being in Philly, and Philly being a city in Pennsylvania, this should have applied to him. But I think you guys know where I'm going with this. George Washington skirted around this law by shuttling Hercules between Philly and Virginia every six months. By doing that, he kept resetting the timer so Hercules wouldn't be freed. But Hercules would eventually get his freedom when he escaped from Mount Vernon on February 22nd, 1797. Not just any day, but George Washington's birthday. Oof. I know that that feels too much to be a coincidence. I'm pretty sure he planned that. Yeah, like was he having a birthday party or something and he was just too distracted? I mean, it's too poetic, right? Right. Yeah. Now, Mount Vernon was in the South, and to be a runaway slave in the South was no small feat. It was incredibly dangerous and super risky. For more than 200 years, nobody knew anything about Hercules, if he made it out alive or what happened to him after he escaped. But in 2019, two historians finally discovered what became of Hercules. After extensive DNA testing and genealogy, they found out that his surname was Posey. He worked as a cook, a caterer until his death on May 15, 1812. Hercules exemplifies a true American hero. From climbing the ranks in Washington's kitchen with flamboyant culinary style to his eventual escape from enslavement. I love that. Okay, our second category is business and money. Everyone wants a little bit of money in their life, right? So first question, who is the wealthiest black woman in the world? Is it Robin Fenty, better known as Rihanna or Riri, Sheila Johnson, or Oprah Winfrey? Oprah? Rihanna has Fenty, by the way. Fenty makeup, Fenty lingerie. I'm going to go with a wild card and say Sheila. What are you thinking, Ava? I don't know. I still feel like Oprah. Okay. She has a huge empire. No one said Rihanna. That's interesting. Okay. Rob says Sheila. Ava says Oprah. The winner is Oprah. Uh oh. Okay. Were you trying to trick us? <laughs> that was hard. I didn't. Is Oprah a billionaire? 
she, she must is. Be. I mean, she's an uber billionaire. But yeah, I was. I, I thought if I just kept mentioning Fenty, you someone would pick that. It didn't work. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oprah. Oprah stays rich. Okay. So right. yeah, we know Riri is a billionaire, singer, actress, and businesswoman, and the person behind Fenty Beauty. Sheila Crump Johnson is an American businesswoman, co-founder of BET, CEO of major resort and hotel chain, and the first billionaire African-American woman before Oprah. But ultimately, the crown goes to Oprah, who has a net worth of $2.5 billion. We can thank Oprah for some of the best interviews. And of course, you guys remember when Tom Cruise jumped on that sofa in 2005. Wow. I still that? think about that sometimes. You do, yeah. Rob? <laughs> Yeah, it's terrifying. It was really scary. I watched it in real time. Oh, for real? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, used to ru- I used to rush home to watch Oprah. Oh, I love wow. Oprah. Wow. I only saw the meme of it. I've never, to this day, I've never seen the actual full interview. It's actually kind of scary. He's like very unhinged. <laughs> is he unhinged or is he in love? I'm not. I'm no, not he's, he's, un, he's, he's unhinged. I have, there's very few times you see Oprah like look a little off kilter and she looks nervous. Okay, I got it. He keeps see like this. grabbing her hands and like shaking her. And she's like, ah, it's like a lot. <laughs> we've never seen you behave this way before. I know. Have you ever felt this way? Oh, we've gotten to the couch jumping. I mean, even Oprah is saying the boy is gone. Mm-mm. It's not funny when you really watch it. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So, since we're talking about women in business, I think it only makes sense to bring up our next feature, which is Viola Desmond. Do you guys know who that is? I don't think that I do. I don't think that I do. I've heard the name. Okay, good. You've heard the name. That's the first step. So Viola Desmond is a Canadian. And in fact, she became the first Canadian woman to appear on a banknote, a $10 bill in 2018. So I know about her because I'm Canadian and her that moment is so big. It's so momentous. She's a black woman. She's on our Canadian money. We have a black woman on Canadian money before you guys do. Before Americans yeah. do. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised or not surprised. I just like, yeah. Just makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little bit about Viola Desmond. She had a passion for making Black Canadian women look and feel their best. She was a beautician, a business owner, and a hair and skincare expert. Interesting fact, she has a connection to a very well-known Black American beauty entrepreneur named Madam C.J. Walker. You guys must have heard of her. Of course. Okay. Okay. Well, she actually ended up training under Madam C.J. Walker. And after finishing her training, she went back to Halifax. Again, that's in Canada for people who don't understand our geography. To start her own hair salon. She became so well known for her skills that people sought her out and her products. And she even actually created her own beauty school. But Desmond wasn't just a smart businesswoman. She was also a civil rights hero as well. In 1946, Viola was enjoying a night off at the movies. When she settled in with her popcorn, she was asked to leave her seat because she was in the whites-only area of the theater. When she refused, the cops were called and Viola ended up spending the night in jail. She was later convicted of committing a tax violation because the seat was in the whites-only section was more expensive than the one she had paid for. They'll always find the loopholes. Do you want to guess the cost difference between... This is 1946 between the white area and the black area. Like 50 cents. Cents, yeah. One penny. Are you 
kidding me. That got her thrown Insane. in jail. Insane. Yep. Oh my God. She was then brought to trial and convicted of defrauding the government of that one penny. Damn. Yep. Wow. Insane. And Desmond's case is one of the most well-known cases of racial discrimination in Canadian history. But it did help kickstart the modern civil rights movement back where I'm from. In 2010, Viola Desmond was given a free pardon. Basically, the government said that she should have never been convicted in the first place and officially apologized. Of course, she wasn't alive to see it. But I know wherever she is, she's smiling over finally being vindicated. Okay, so we're going to keep talking about money because February is a short month and rent is due soon. Rent is due. Rent is due. But first, a word from our sponsors. We all have questions that keep us up at night. The self-help industry tells us they have answers. As a journalist and a skeptic, I'm not so sure. So I've set out to talk to people who have gone to radical lengths to find answers. I'm Catherine Rowland. From Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Seeking. On season one, we're diving deep into the portal of plant medicine and psychedelics. Listen to Seeking wherever you get your podcasts. Warning, this podcast contains juicy tales of a super dysfunctional family. Brothers betraying brothers, friends becoming enemies, and a mother trying her best to keep everything from falling apart. No, this isn't a reality TV rewatch. I'm Dan Jones, your host, and this is one of my all-time favorite true stories. Join me on a trip to the Middle Ages to meet history's most dangerous dynasty, the Plantagenets. This season, the plots are thicker, the ambitions greater, and the betrayals are even more devious in the epic saga of the family that shaped our world. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, this is History, a dynasty to die for, season two. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back and we're continuing with our topic of money. Quickly, let's check in with India. What's the score? Ava's at two and Rob is at two as well. It's neck and neck. Ooh, okay, let's keep going. Which of the following is used as collateral at a regional bank somewhere in the world? Again, which of these is used as collateral? Parmesan cheese, jalapenos, or emerald stones? Emerald stones? Parmesan cheese. Okay, Ava, what was yours? Emerald stones. Okay, so it's actually Parmesan cheese. Where? Where in the world? A regional bank in Italy accepts Parmesan cheese as collateral for loans. Because it lasts a really long time. (laughs) But how much is it worth? (laughs) I don't know. I don't. That's a good question. I don't know that. (laughs) The bank stores the wheels of cheese in their own vaults, which are kept at the perfect temperature for cheese to mature. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's very Italian. I love me some good Parmesan. Um, So why are we talking about banks? Well, because our next unsung hero is Maggie Walker. Does anyone know who Maggie Walker is? Okay, so Maggie Walker. 
She was the first black woman to establish and become president of a bank in the U.S. In 1903, she started St. Luke's Penny Savings Bank, which was based in Richmond, Virginia, and was one of the few black-owned banks in the Richmond area. Which leads me to the next question. Can you guess where the largest amount of black-owned businesses are located in the United States? New York, Washington, D.C., or Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. Wow, you're both wrong. Uh, D.C. Nope. Are you serious? New York? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. Did anybody get that? (laughs) I don't think. I think we both lost. Well, D.C. has the highest percentage of black-owned businesses— New York has the greatest number of Black-owned businesses in the country, folks. Fun fact, Black-owned businesses generated $141 billion, billion with a B, in gross revenue in 2021. Maggie Walker was originally a schoolteacher. When she was let go from her teaching job, she put all of her energy into an organization called the Independent Order of St. Luke a charity that helped the sick and elderly in Richmond. She could see that if the community worked together, they could support each other and start to control their own destinies. She quickly rose through the ranks of St. Luke's, and in 1903, she chartered the St. Luke's Penny Savings Bank, becoming the first Black woman to charter a bank in the U.S. and to be its president. Badass. Okay, so what do you guys think I don't know, what product or item would you want a bank to use as collateral if you were getting a loan? Um, I don't have that much of value, but if I could use my wardrobe as collateral, I have way too many clothes, mm. clothes that, more clothes than I even have storage for. So if I could, like, <laughs> bring some to the bank <laughs> and get some for it, that would be great. What That's all I use? have, honestly. I love it. Like, you could loan it out. Right. You could make money on it. Like, it'd be an investment, right? They're not just holding it. Just extra storage, if anything. Oh, yeah. Nice. (laughs) Ava? Um, I would choose saffron that my friends and family bring back from Iran that I never use that's just sitting in the freezer. Yeah. I mean, you could send that up to me. Saffron is pricey. It is pricey. I mean. It's it's a lot of labor. My birthday's coming up. You can send that to me if you want. When's your birthday, (laughs) Takara? It's in July. I lied. But I still want (laughs) saffron. (laughs) I was like, we got a couple, got a couple months for that. Hungry for a prize, I mean, early birthday presents are a thing. And honestly, I've purchased things from the U.S. and it can take months for it to get to me. So if you were to package it up and send it today, it probably would get here by the summer. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll send you some saffron. Yes. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm a winner no matter what now. It doesn't even matter if I don't get the prize. Okay, on to our next and final theme for today, folks, which is all about entrepreneurs and their inventions. In our episode on Elizabeth Jennings, we learned that her father, Thomas Jennings, was the first black man to receive a patent in the U.S. back in 1821. But when was the first patent granted to an African-American woman? 1836, 1885, or 1966? And I want I want you to tell me why you picked that date too. Don't just pick a date. Tell me why. Wait, can we, can we have the options again? Yeah. Sorry. So eighteen thirty six, eighteen eighty five, nineteen sixty six. I'm gonna say nineteen sixty six. Okay. Why? Because that's after the Civil Rights Act passed. Interesting. Okay. But I also like know that patents they like had this weird loophole 
where like they didn't check your race or anything like you could just apply for a patent and it was like the one place where you could actually have your work like speak for itself um mm. so ata5 is what you're going with that's what i'm going with i don't know arbitrary okay okay <laughs> and drum roll 1885 <gasps> you're right Whoa. So Rob, how you feeling? Um, I mean, hey, you knew something. I didn't know that about patents, so I just learned something. So I'm I will take that loss and gain some knowledge. That's very gracious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good trade. <laughs> We're talking about patents because our next feature is about Sarah Good. Sarah was one of the first black women to receive a patent, which she received in 1885 after inventing the Murphy bed. Sarah was living in a tiny apartment in Chicago with her husband, Archibald. When they started running out of space, Sarah came up with a design for a bed that could be rolled away into a writing desk or what they used to call back then a cabinet. And in 1885, Sarah became the first African-American woman to receive a patent. The Murphy bed is perfect for people like you New Yorkers who live in quite literally shoeboxes and pay an insane amount of rent. You too, Toronto. <laughs> I'm just like, I know, I know. Whoa, I'm, whoa, not whoa, whoa, I'm not coming at you. I'm not coming at you. Our rents are insane too. So I maybe everyone. This is like a good little nugget of information for anyone and everyone who lives in a city. I am. I have shops for Murphy beds. I if I ever get a studio, I'm definitely going to invest in that. Wow. Okay, India, how are contestants doing? What are the scores so far? Ava's at three points and Rob is at three points. It's neck oh. and neck. Um, bring that bring that knowledge that you got. Yes. All right. Ooh. It's anyone's game. Yep. Okay, now we're going to head into the lightning round. Get ready, contestants, because things are firing up. You have one last chance to prove yourself. Because after the break, we're crowning our winner. So we're back and ending the game with a bang. Let's kick off the lightning bolt round. So I want you all to shout out your answers as quickly as possible because this is the final round. This is for all the marbles. What was the magazine that Adrian, sometimes known as Addie Fiedelin, was featured in back in 1938? Now, this made her the first black woman to be featured in a major fashion magazine. Is it Vogue, La Femme du Monde, or Harper's Bazaar. Vogue. La Femme du Monde. Okay, you're both wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm just, I mean, there's only I one I left, so we're just going to keep moving on. Right, right, right. I just well, want to say it's okay. Harper's Bazaar. All right, all right. Okay, I was like, the French were kind of, they liked black people back in the day. Good, you good guesses. You are not wrong. Which of the following is the oldest sport in America? Cycling, horse racing, or canine contests? Canine contests. <laughs> Rob again. Really? Really? Yeah. It's canine <laughs> Not the contest. Rob thing, the canine contest. Yes. <laughs> They're sometimes also called dog shows. The first dog show was held in Newcastle, England in 1859. And then cycling, shout out to Major Taylor, became an official sport in 1868. And the first race of the Kentucky Derby was in 1875. What a time to be alive, folks. Mm-hmm. So next question. Who from the following list of musical artists is not known to be inspired by Sister Rosetta Tharp? 
Little Richard, Elvis, or Billie Holiday? Elvis. Billie Holiday. Okay. It's Billie Holiday. It's Billie <laughs> Billie Holiday was singing the blues before Sister Rosetta was even old enough to drink. And of course, Rosetta is known more for her rock and roll style, and there are countless musical artists who credit her as an inspiration to them. Okay, final question. Which of the following film techniques was innovated by a woman named Alice Guy Blachet? Editing, the close-up, synchronized sound, primitive special effects, or all of the above? All of the above. Primitive special effects. Oh. Ava for the win. Okay, so what is the score right now? Who is who won? It looks like Ava got four points and Rob got five. Rob is the winner. Okay, cool. (laughs) So Rob is the winner. Congratulations, Congratulations, Rob. Rob. Thank you. I just want to say shout out to my mom. Um, Thank you for educating me on black history, even though it didn't really help in this game, but you know. Shout out to my first three teacher, Miss Haynes. Did a lot of black history trivia. I love it. I love it. You played a good game, Ava. This just wasn't your day. Takara. <laughs> I was feeling totally fine until you said that. <laughs> we'll have we'll have another trivia and we'll invite Rob back and you'll be able to come, you know, be the winner. Yeah, I'll redeem okay. myself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good game, good game, good game. game. (laughs) Okay, and now for the gift reveal. Ooh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Okay, so your gift is a $50 gift card to Red Rooster, Marcus Samuelson's famous soul food restaurant in Harlem. Red Rooster. Ooh, yes. Do you like the, like, I mean, in the beginning of the episode, I kind of tried to throw you by being like, it's a trip. I mean, it's a trip to the South because you're going to. Yeah. So food restaurant. Right. It is a trip for me. That's an hour and a half trip (laughs) (laughs) for Brooklyn. (laughs) That's a trip. (laughs) Okay. So I was right. You're going on a trip. You get a trip. You get a trip. You get a trip. (laughs) Next time on They Did That. Everybody today knows what a dinosaur is, but back then, it wasn't even a word. (laughs) So I think there was a definite real buzzing sense of excitement in that forum when you have one of the first dinosaur discoveries being described. And it was after this meeting that people really started to take Mary Anning seriously. They did that as presented by me, Takara Small. This episode was written and produced by India Witkin. Our associate producer is Serena Chow. Our contestants were Ava Admanbegi and Rob Dozier. This episode was edited by Jasmine Romero and Tiffany Walker. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. Engineering and sound design by Rick Kwan. Our production coordinator is Lily Hambly. And our theme song and additional original music is by Cedric Wilson. <laughs> <laughs>